greetings, and thank you for joining me for quite excellent episode number 22. Today I'll be reading the Archibald McLeish poem Ars Poetica. I'm pulling this poem from the 5th edition of Chief Modern Poets of Britain in America, Volume 2, Poets of America, edited by Gerald DeWitt Sanders, John Herbert Nelson, and M.L. Rosenthal. But before I get to this week's poem, I must discuss our last poem, Days, by Tony Milton. This poem uh, was selected because it provided such a strong binary. On one side, the old day, and on the other side, the new. This was a poem that I hoped students would be able to think about the role of shifts in poetry. Although, now that I think about it, maybe I'm still a little bit on a quarantine kick. After all, who at this point wouldn't take a day that feels new? Well, here's that poem. Days, Tony Milton. Old day, gold day, where did you go? Over the skyline, sinking low. Into the arms of the waiting night to nestle myself in its great delight. New day, blue day, what will you bring? Light in the sky and a song to sing. Sun bobs brightly up with the dawn, spreading warmth as the day is born. Going into the responses of students to these poems is always fun. I'm constantly surprised and impressed, and I was fortunate enough to get this from the very first response I received, which noted that the poem Days demonstrates the fluidity, that's a quote, of time, and a very interesting idea, I think, although I'm not sure how to build on it. Many students identified the somewhat regretful tone with which the speaker addresses the old day as though it was being lost in the shift into the new. Part of this was the description of this past as a gold day, like it was a golden age. And yet, despite the loss of the day that has gone, students pointed to the opportunity that the next day seems to offer. Where old day was given the title gold day, new day is given blue day, a description that is they associated with the color of a clear and inviting sky. A student also described this color as baby blue, which I really like. It is kind of a cliche of a description, I suppose, but there is something in that, the the baby, that feels right here. This is a blue that has promise, that has a whole expanse of time and fun and joy in front of it. So, baby seems rather appropriate to my ear. In addition to what the previous day offered and what the day to come may offer, some students paid close attention to the lines that described the speaker as he nestled himself in the, quote, dark delight of that last day. This found multiple interpretations of these lines. Some were consistent with what I've already noted, that even as the gold day ends and turns to night, because the next day offers so much opportunity, even the end that even the night that ends such a gold day is delightful. I think that this is a thoughtful reading and an easy one to support. Less obvious, however, is the reading that dark refers to less positive aspects of the day. Where gold and blue might be clear symbols for good fortune and opportunity, this darkness might be the absence of those joys, and yet the speaker describes them as delights. It seems unlikely that the speaker really enjoys skin knees, lost wallets, and getting grounded, and all manner of other misfortunes, so we don't need to take this entirely literally. This is poetry, after all. But I do think that we are free to conclude that 
What the speaker enjoys isn't just the high points of life, or just the new days, or just the possibility rich mornings. Instead, it might be that the speaker just loves living, just loves the passage of day to night, and night to day, and all the complexities that come with it. Now, our next poem is Ars Poetica by Archibald McLeish. I'm seeing my students responding to the poems I've given them with great insights, and they continue to rely on the language I've been asking them to use. These last responses were still talking about speakers and intentions, even as they mixed in the language of shifts to make arguments that were convincing. Today, our poem is going to be about poems themselves. Ars poetica actually means art of poetry, and many poems use this title if they are about poetry itself. As is usual, our poem is intended to complement our secret word, which it actually isn't a word again. Nope, sorry. Instead, it is a character, the forward slash. On your keyboard, it likely shares the question mark key and is situated next to the shift key. When we quote poetry, we have the same goals of any quotation, to accurately reflect what was originally stated. Because lines and stanzas are an important part of making meaning in poetry, far more so than sentences and paragraphs in prose, we must identify these when quoting from poems. So, for our secret word, which, again, isn't a word, I want you to quote at least one part of the poem that starts on one line and ends on the following line. Put a slash in the quote where the line breaks, that is, between the two line sections. If you quote the end of one stanza and the beginning of the next stanza, you actually put two slashes to show that there was a stanza break and not just a line break. As an example of using a line break, so that single slash, if I quote the first two lines of days, I would write in quotations, old day, gold day, slash, where did you go? Of course, again, I'd use the symbol, not just write the word slash. Okay, so here's that poem. Ars Poetica by Archibald McLeish. A poem should be palpable and mute as a globed fruit. Dumb as old medallions to the thumb, silent as the sleeve-worn stone of casement ledges where the moss has grown. A poem should be wordless as the flight of birds. A poem should be motionless in time as the moon climbs, leaving as the moon releases twig by twig the night-entangled trees, leaving as the moon behind the winter leaves memory by memory the mind. A poem should be motionless in time as the moon climbs. A poem should be equal to not true. For all the history of grief, an empty doorway and a maple leaf. For love, the leaning grasses and two lights above the sea. A poem should not mean, but be. Uh, one thing, students, that you might want to note in your responses is that there are three sections to this poem, so you can refer to them in those ways, although you don't need to do anything besides that double slash if you are quoting between them, okay? 
Uh, but be sure to use that slash symbol in your response. Know where there was a line break. Show us where that line break was in your quote. And keep accurately using words like speaker and shift. Remember to complete your paragraph length response by Wednesday, April 22nd. And two replies to the responses of your peers by the Friday that ends the week. If you enjoyed this podcast, have suggestions, or would like me to direct an eye toward a particular poem or poetic device, leave a comment on LeidenTeachers.com. The content of this podcast is used as a companion to class instructional activities, and ownership of these texts remain with their stated authors. Thank you for joining me for episode 22 of this podcast. I hope that between now and the next time you hear from me, you discover and savor a few things that you yourself find quite excellent.